welcome everyone to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. I am sitting with one of my longtime friends, probably the first really, really great author I ever met in 1990, my dear friend, Paul Levine. Welcome, Paul. Thank you, Pam. And it's always such a pleasure to talk uh, with you. And yes, we go back a long time. That's 33 years. From your first book. From your first book. And then when you lived in Miami and went to California and came back and then you went back to California. Oh, well, I guess our paths will cross again sometime, right? I, I hope so. I, I don't uh, get back to Florida very often. Unless I'm subpoenaed, I will then, before, you know, a grand jury, I'll, I'll show up. But yes, you were there for the launch of To Speak for the Dead, the first Still my of the favorite book of all time. Thank you. And Still my favorite book of all time. It. I, I recommend that book to everybody who wants to read something new. And I said, this is the standard bearer. And it really is. I, I There are 10 books I read every year. And To Speak for the Dead is one of them. Wow. I am, I'm flattered. Thank you. You're welcome. So speaking of, you've now, clo you're closing out Jay Lasseter's series. This, uh, your new book, Early Grave, is the last book that we'll hear about Jay Lasseter. Well, you might hear about him, um, but um, the actual series has come to an end. It would be possible to start a new series in which he is uh, in the background. It could be a prequel. Mm -hmm. it, could be, it could be different things. But it's the 15th book over 33 years. I'm including the three that had Solomon and Lord yep. uh, as supporting characters. And I didn't want to start repeating myself. I did age him over those years, yes, which is always, did. yeah, you, you never know um, when you start a series. And of course, I didn't know anything. My first book was the first book of this series. You, you don't think it's going to last 30, 33 years. So you don't say, well, is he going to age? And at some point I thought, well, I'm aging. <laughs> what? How's he going to get away with not? So I aged him about two years for every three that uh, took place. And of course, gave him some medical issues from his football days, uh, CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. He certainly has the symptoms and uh, it, it causes problems. So I... I, I want to say I was with you at the beginning. I'm here at the end for Jake Lasseter's series itself, and it can, seems kind of bittersweet. I want the audience to know that every time you and I got together for lunch or to, to chat, you always brought me a signed copy of Lasseter, and I have every signed Lasseter book that I'm very proud of, and it sits in my made bookcase in my living room. Well, I need to send you a new one then because- You do. Unless we're going to meet in Coconut Grove at that restaurant whose name I can't remember. Oh, um, I don't remember what it's called either. <laughs> I'm going to be in San Diego for VoucherCon though. So, ah. you know, maybe, maybe we'll meet sometime around there. But in the meantime, yes, let's talk about what a long, incredible, wonderful life Jake has had, along with some of his heartbreaks. When we met him, he was a brand new public defender in Miami. And, um, he really wasn't the best lawyer as far as his education. Um, he kind of took the job because he he really believed in what he was doing. 
He, he believed that everybody deserved a, a good defense. Um, but he was quick to note when he walked into the courtroom in Miami, what it said over the judge's bench and over the courthouse. What did it say, Paul? It, it said then, and it still says now, we who labor here seek only the truth. Very and profound statement. Very profound, considering Miami, Florida. And, oh, if you want a crazy crime story, where do you look? Miami, Florida, right? Or L.A. But for sure Miami, at least in the times that we live there. Um, Jake never believed those words. I mean, he thought they were lofty ideals, but there was a great difference between the lofty ideals of the law and the actual mechanism and machinery of the justice system, or he calls the so-called justice system, which is subject to human frailty. So when he first saw the sign, he's a rookie lawyer, we who labor her seek the truth, and I'm not able to do this off the top of my head, but he said something to the effect, there ought to be a footnote subject to the truth being overlooked by uh, sleeping jurors, uh, misstated by sleazy lawyers, and a couple of other things with the judge. So he always had, from the very beginning, what I would call a certain healthy cynicism about the operation of the justice system, even while um, even while having lofty ideals himself. Um, I I wonder if you could tell me. Do you remember where you got the idea for Jake Lasseter, Paul? I believe, um, and now we're, we're talking about the first one was, I wrote it in 1988, it was published in 1990. 90, right. And uh, in the 70s, I was a season ticket holder for the Miami Dolphins. And Nick Monacani was the captain of the defense. And actually he was called by Don Shula, the lawyer for the defense. This is before Nick got himself a law degree after he, his career was over right? Uh, because he was always arguing with, with uh, Coach Shula, always wanted explanations for why they had to do certain things. And Nick, of course, was a very, very good linebacker. He wore number 85. Jake, and he became a lawyer and he became a businessman. And now in a dramatic irony, of course, he died of CTE. Right. As have at least six members of the 1972 undefeated Miami Dolphins wow. uh, perfect season, right? Or as Jake says in early grave in thinking about these deceased football players who died too young, perfect season, my ass. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Nick, I believe went to night law school and you mentioned Jake's sketchy education. Jake went to night law school and proudly graduated in the top half of the bottom third of his class. So I don't know what you mean by a sketchy education. <laughs> Sounds pretty good to me. Oh, my goodness gracious. So it was, I remember Nick Bonacani very well. And, um, you know, it was sad when he passed away. It was sad when, when a lot of them, and and when Don Shula passed away, uh, you know, that, it, that was just a really good time for football if you lived in Miami. But, um, and since that time, Jake's taken on some family members, hasn't he? Who've appeared in your books. Well, yes, Jake's uh, uh, nephew, uh, Kip, um, 
who played a major role in Cheater's game because he got swept up in the college admission scandal. And uh, Jake has sort of raised him. And uh, Jake also recently, after having in his younger days gone through some women who might be uh, called, uh, well, I don't know what I would call them, inappropriate. Let's call them inappropriate. <laughs> I mean, you, you probably shouldn't date a woman who killed her husband. That just probably should be like num- number one rule. But Jake didn't have a lot of rules. He he did say, I, I, I won't go out with a woman who's a fleeing felon. So that's kind of where he drew that line. <laughs> it's a but, very a very thin, very yeah. short line, right? <laughs> right. That's That was it. And now... Uh, in the later books, as he's gotten older and he's had these medical challenges, he met Dr. Melissa Gold, a famed neuropathologist whose specialty is research and treatment of CTE. There really is no treatment yet, but she's trying to find a treatment and has become romantically involved with her and and, uh, engaged, in fact. And she's played a big role in bum luck, bum deal, Cheater's Game and Early Grave. And I like it that Jake's matured enough that, you know, he's not uh, going out with a stripper from a club in Hialeah, which in the book Lassiter, very clever title, you'll have to admit that. uh, (laughs) That's what he was doing in that backstory when he was an NFL football player. He and the guys would hang out in strip clubs. I I know that's probably very shocking to people, but he has matured uh, as he's aged. And uh, Dr. Melissa Gold is is quite a a woman. So she plays a really big role, particularly in in, uh, Early Grave. um, And his godson plays a big role. Yes. Along the way, what has Jake learned that he didn't know when he first started off that he knows now in early grave. Whoa, there's a really good question that I've never pondered. Um, I, I, I think that he's mellowed somewhat. I think he, uh, he knows you don't go in the back alley behind the courthouse to have a slug fest with your opposing counsel. You, you don't, you don't, break the law in a sense of uh, ends justify the means. I mean, if you go all the way back to, to, to speak for the dead, uh, Jake and Doc Charlie Riggs dig up a grave in order right. to do a, an autopsy or a second autopsy illegally. And he, he has uh, sometimes walked so close to the line of legality and illegality that his shadow crosses that line. Yes. Uh, yeah. well, as I said, thin and very short. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, that's, you know, but at his core, at his core, he hasn't changed. Uh, you know, he, he favors the underdog. He does. Um, and and um, doesn't have much time for people who were born with privilege and the silver spoon in the mouth and, um, is frequently outlawed in the sense. If you take early grave, he's a solo practitioner, and he's up against a giant New York City law firm 
which brings a dozen paralegals and a dozen associates in a very, very good uh, female uh, trial lawyer, uh, Sandra Day, Sunny Day, they call her, but ironically. And, um, and he's always fighting from behind. Paul, is it bittersweet for you to end this series? Well, writing the last couple of chapters, and there'll be no spoilers here, was an emotional experience for me because a lot of memories came flooding back. That's kind of interesting. These memories are all fictional. <laughs> there are things that, that have no, happened, happened on the page, but I have a certain kinship with Jake Lasseter, as I do with Solomon and Lord. Um, and yes, I, I would, bittersweet would be the perfect word. Well, I'm sad that it's the last one. I hope that we will see him maybe in a prequel or maybe along with his friend Solomon and Lord or just to know that he's getting by because it's always great to be friends with Jake Lasseter and you. Thank you so much for giving us such a great story. Um, where's the best place to find you? Is it on the web? Are you, are you active on any place besides Facebook or are you not even active there? Well, I'm, I'm active on Facebook. Uh, I tweet, uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I don't kick and I don't talk. Um, Neither do I. I don't understand it, but that's okay. Um, I have an Amazon author page that has all the books on it. It does. All it's the, glorious. all the, Thank you. Uh, all the ebooks are on Amazon. Uh, the trade paperbacks can be found on Amazon on BarnesandNoble.com and, and, and the independent bookseller uh, IndieBound website. Um, you know, it's a new era. It is. If, if we were talking even 15 years ago, a book published in 1990 would have been out of print, right? Yes, it's uh, true. Not, nothing's out of print now. No, I know. But here, here's an interesting thing. Since you're talking about being on on Kindle books and everything, I think you were the spokesperson for Kindle for a while because your publisher was Thomas and Mercer, so which is owned by Amazon. And I remember you saying, "Pam, you've got to get a Kindle. These things are amazing. You're going to be able to read everything." And I said, "No, no, no. I want my books. I want my books. Right. You know." Well, I want you to know that since then, I've gone through I don't know how many Kindles. I currently have five Whoa. and they're, they're each by genre because as you know, I read a lot of books. I don't have a television. Right. So, um, <laughs> so you did your job. I hope they gave you a good commission because you know, I got them. <laughs> they, they, Amazon has been a, a pleasure to work with. I and bet they my, have. My reading habits have changed a little bit. I read dead tree books, paper, paper and hardcover books. Right. I, I read uh, Kindle eBooks. I listen to Audible.com. Wow. Um, listening to to uh, J.K. Simmons right now, uh, reading a man called Uve. Oh yeah, um, it's a great book. book. It's a yeah. wonderful, sweet, sweet Roderick book. Backman, yeah, great book. Yes, um, and I enjoy all 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 of those. Um, if I'm walking the dog, I turn on whatever Audible book I'm, and I can read three books at the same time. Don't always, don't always remember. The joy everything. of being a reader, though. That's the joy of yes. being a reader. Yes. Paul Levine, the book is Early Grave. Thank you, my friend. 
And you'll come back whenever you have anything else to tell me, won't you? Will do, Pam. Pam Stack, you were there in the beginning. We right. soldiered on together. Oh, my God. It's not we over soldiered yet. on at Joe Stone Crabs. Joe Stone Crabs. Great restaurants in the Grove. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, think we'll, I think we'll do that some more if we ever run into each other, won't we? <laughs> I'm, I'm getting nostalgic. I'm getting there nostalgic. you go. <laughs> Me right. too. This uh, My guest today is Paul Levine. You can find him on the web or look for him in any bookstore, any place where you buy books. The, the new book is called Early Grave. It's the last in the Jake Lasseter series. Maybe not the last of Jake Lasseter. Thanks for listening, everybody. And thank you, Mom and Dad. We'll see you next time. <laughs>